transportation matters. The CEO podcast of Daimler Trucks and Buses. Hello and welcome. In this episode of Transportation Matters, Daimler Trucks and Buses CEO Martin Daum talks to Daniel Schaefer, acting bureau chief at Bloomberg in Germany. They discuss globalization, how it affects corporations and every single person. Hello, Mr. Schaefer. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for taking the time and thanks for switching the roles. I think it's really interesting. I get always asked by journalists. Now I have the pleasure to hand it back and ask a journalist. Thank you for being on this podcast. It's definitely a different role that I'm playing today that I'm used to, but I find it really interesting. You are, in my opinion, a poster child for a global world. You went to school in Germany and in Italy. You studied and worked in Great Britain, and now you run a German office of an American company here in Frankfurt. So you got a truly international background. Could you ever imagine a world where globalization is challenged, especially from the Western world? What most people, I guess, would say now is that we have already world of globalization that is challenged from the West. And I remember clearly when the first time this came really to my mind is how challenged or how upside down the world has turned was two years ago at, at Davos, at the World Economic Forum, sort of the the hotbed of globalization, so to speak. And Xi Jinping, the, the Chinese premier, was there. And he was basically giving a speech that was like a um, really thoughtful and strong voice of in favor of globalization. And, and then we had Donald Trump also there, who basically said the opposite and, you know, had a protectionist agenda. And that really, obviously, there's much to argue about what, whether Xi Jinping really embraces globalization the way he speaks. I think I think that, that that's a different kind of story, but that just made it really vivid to me how much the world is changing and how much the West is changing at the moment. And from your observations, would you say that when we look now at two individuals from China and the U.S. having yeah. uh, representing two different poles of a spectrum, would you say that this reflects general attitude in the societies or what, what's your observation if you look around the globe and the many people you talk? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it doesn't reflect the overall view in societies as a whole, but I think what we do see in societies, it's that there are clear divides that have opened up in the past 10 years or so, really since the financial crisis. Uh, so, you know, the, the people, to be honest, you and I mostly speak to um, are people from from the elites, really, if I'm honest. And and I think, I mean, you, I guess you speak to Daimler workers uh, a lot as well. So I'd be interested to hear what, what kind of views they have. But definitely there is actually, if I look at Germany, for instance, there is actually um, more support for globalization than one might think. There's been a, a study that, that looked into it and it found that a lot of people actually, it's 70% actually of people in Germany say that globalization has actually more benefits than disadvantages. Mm -hmm. And if you ask them, what does it mean for you personally, 60% still say it actually has more benefits for them personally than it has disadvantages. But the other side, and I think that's really important, the other side of the coin is that there are more than a third of people 
who say it has more disadvantages to them. So this third of the people is the people who feel left behind by what is happening in a globalized world. And I think we shouldn't make the mistake to sort of downplay this and and say, oh, well, they don't understand globalization because there's, I think there's some deeper underlying Mm. problems there that we that we need to address. I would debate the one statement you did at the beginning, that this is a a topic of the elite. So the elite has got it, globalization is good, everyone else not. Mm -hmm. I would rather rephrase it and would say, everyone who has international exposure sees definitely the benefits. Mm. Everyone who lives in a smaller world, you know, then is more fearful of the bigger world. Because I had, honestly, I had, uh, this reverses the argument. I had a aha moment in my life a couple of months or years ago when we had a global project uh, looking for what is the right leadership concept inside Daimler. And we put people from the normal shop floor and from the normal office positions, you know, definitely not top management mm. uh, people, uh, into one big group, figuring out, you know, what would be the advice for the top management, how mm. we can run a global company. And I was extremely skeptical. And uh, to bring it a longer sentence now to one catchphrase is, what could have a Chinese worker with an American office manager have in common? You know, it's just a waste of time. Mm. And then someone from the normal ranks from our company who was in this group, told me, and I was giving him the full speech of the big boss is skeptical. So normally you have, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, you are right. No, and he said, Martin, you're completely wrong. What motivates people is universal and what frustrates people is universal. That's the number one outcome of that. Mm. And for me, this was this aha, that globalization is not just something for top management. Globalization is really, we are human beings. And there is not much difference between human beings. And I think this is the base for me for globalization. I totally agree. um, What I meant with the elites is obviously that in the elites is pretty homogenic in in the sense that, you know, if if you take away some of the political elites in in the US now, but generally speaking, in the business elite, they they are all in favor of globalization. People didn't really see what's happening out there, basically outside of the world. And I think that's that's a problem that we're facing in terms of the backlash against globalization. Why is globalization even a bad word? You know, I would say if you go out to, to the general public, I, I see globalization more often used in a negative context than in a positive context. So, so the reason for that is that there is a, as I said, there is there is a divide that has opened up in the population. And so before this podcast, I looked up the numbers because I wanted yeah. to get sort of, you know, we want to talk about facts, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked up the numbers, for instance, for Germany, and some of that obviously is a lot more nuanced and not nuanced, a lot sharper in terms of the divide in, in other countries. But even in Germany, the, the richest 10% now own 56% of the wealth, and the poorest 50% own 1.3% of the wealth. That's according to numbers from DIW, which is a very well-respected German business research company uh, or group. So, uh, plus we've recently again seen new data that the income disparity is also widening. So it's not only the the personal wealth, but also the the income disparity. So here's one divide that's definitely there. And then there's another, I would say, that is more on a cultural level, is between in terms of the lifestyles between sort of urbanized academics and some of the rural areas that we're seeing. And I, again, I. Th- 
this is not as sharp this divide in Germany. In Germany, we have a lot of, thanks to the Mittelstand, mm -hmm. we have a lot of um, areas where there is actually, you know, there's prosperity yeah. and there's, you know, people having decent jobs and, and their lives are not being too much different to the big cities. But in other countries, obviously, if you think about the UK where I lived in the disparity between London and say, even, even a big city like Birmingham, and if you go to more rural areas, that, that's huge. So that's one big schism. And then the second big schism is between old and young people, where we see more fears of loss of identity and immigration issues among the old people. And that's obviously something that's going against mm -hmm. globalization in terms of what they think. And secondly, also the young people who generally you think are very much in favor of globalization, and a lot of them are, but the biggest fear they have, there was a recent Shell study um, now that showed that the 12 to 25-year-olds, 70% of them say the biggest fear they have right now is climate change. What a lot of them would say, well, you know, a loss of economic growth is a smaller problem compared to the earth-shaking impact literally, of climate change. I, I don't say I'm subscribing to that, mm -hmm. but that's the views that are out there. And these things are all trends that in some way or, or another are going against uh, globalization in terms of the mindset that people have. Just But by just picking up your last yeah. argument with climate change, I would say this is for me a perfect example mm. that uh, our problems, the most problems we face these days are really truly global problems. And, and climate change, in my opinion, can't be solved by a single economy. It can't be solved by a single person. It can't be solved by a single company. It can't be solved by a single branch of economy, not a country, not even a continent. It can only be solved in a global alignment. Therefore, I think the Paris Accord is such a great achievement in the world that really nearly all countries of the world, except the very few, unfortunately one important one, you know, <laughs> really signed it and, and tried to bring it to life, which is difficult enough. The Paris Agreement from 2015 is an agreement within the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. One of the aims of the 197 members of the UNFCCC is to keep the increase in global average temperature to well below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. In 2017, the United States announced that they would withdraw from the agreement. Yeah, that's a very valid point, obviously. I mean, uh, you know, we, we can't tackle climate change without global collaboration. And I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a question of how you define globalization. Do you define it by only through trade? I mean, for me, globalization is much more than just trade. It is obviously trade, but but it's 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 globalization of minds and mindsets, and a lot of the young people actually embrace that globalization of minds. So the young generation actually, th you know, thinks global, and they see problems, and they want to tackle them on a global basis, and that's a very good thing. And you're right, globalization is far more than just trade. Yeah, certainly in my profession, it is trade because Daimler Trucks is a truly global company. We produce in more than 10 countries of the world. We sell in more than 150 countries in the world. We employ, uh, I don't know the statistics, but I would guess we'd, we employ people with more than 80 different nationalities. It does not matter for me in my daily life whether I talk about a problem in Brazil or in Australia or in Germany. So, for, But this is all related to industry and trade and production. But for me, globalization is far further. In your profession, for me, 
news and, and journalism. I mean, it's globally. Something happens in the outback of Australia, and 10 minutes later, the entire if it's if it's spectacular enough, the entire world will know about it, and you are right in the middle of it, distributing it. What we're seeing now is that the internet allows media companies to to become a much more global brand than they used to, and to actually uh, sell quality journalism at a global stage. I mean, Bloomberg, in a way, has has always done that because mm -hmm. we we sold our terminals globally, uh, but but we're now doing this also via our website. So so we're going apart from selling terminals to clients who pay a lot of money for it and get the news and the data. We're now also uh, attracting readers, um, consumers as as readers across the globe through the website with a with a paid for a subscription model, and that's obviously something where globalization actually really, really works for, for, for a media company like ours. And in private lives, I would say it's the same. I would say we have with social media and Instagram and Facebook, you know, as more exotic the places we travel, as more likes we get for our posts, you know. And I think there's not a single place in the world where you don't find other people from your own country. So yeah. this is truly global. Yeah. So yeah. why? And therefore, for me, this is this phenomenon. Why are we then afraid of globalization? Yeah, no? I've got two thoughts on that. One is it's very human to sort of take the benefits for granted and sort of complain about the downsides of them something right i mean that's what humans do all the time if we if we have if we have something that is beneficial we just think well mm -hmm. that's you know it's always been like that or you know we we just take it for granted and and then we also then we only tend to see sort of the downside effects of it and complain about them and secondly what we shouldn't forget though is yes you know, it's great that we can travel everywhere and we get the news everywhere and we can, you know, we can, it's very cheap to travel to places. But we shouldn't forget that actually there are people who are left behind by the globalization. So at Bloomberg, we've done a story about the so-called gig economy in, uh, and how it affects the, the labor market in Germany. So we have record unemployment in Germany. It's below 5%. So that, on the surface, that all looks really good. But on the other hand, we have a trend that long-held beliefs about job security, pension systems, etc., are and social security are gone for some of the people who work in the digitalized and sharing economy. And that's obviously a very that's that's a globalization trend that we're seeing as well, right? If we have people working for Uber or for pizza delivery service or something, they they have different kind of jobs than they used to. They're, they're mostly self-employed and they have less social security. And um, so, so that's something where some people actually feel the downsides of it in terms of, in, in terms of it, it actually really negatively uh, impacting them. So we shouldn't, I think if we have an honest discussion about globalization and, and we think it's really positive and and most people I guess would agree on that we shouldn't forget the problems that come that come with it and we should also discuss how to tackle these problems as well despite what's happening with Donald Trump and people like Boris Johnson in the UK there, there are a lot of people around who talk in favor of globalization particularly like in the business politics media elites so I'm just a little skeptical that this will be enough to actually 
tackle the backlash of globalization. Because there, are, there is a certain amount of part of the population that feels left behind, as I said, on many levels, economically, socially, culturally, to just tell them globalization is great and give them examples like the ones you mentioned might be a bit sort of too far away from their day-to-day lives. You as a media, you as yeah. someone with a global reach could do a, a much better job, allow me that criticism, yeah, sure. you know, to spread the good news of Uh, of globalization. And sometimes I think potentially we have to rebrand it. We shouldn't use the word globalization, which has a negative connotation, uh, rather should talk about global collaboration, which in my mm-hmm. opinion is something which truly happens. Yeah, It's not an imperialistic, we, we rule the world or the world starts to rule us. It is, it is really to collaborate on problems, on, on benefits with each other and, uh, and, and have at the end a bigger cake to distribute between everybody. When I look at our factories, whether in Brazil or in Turkey or in India, that if we would just export products out of Germany to those countries, A, this what would they pay for that product, yeah. and B, what would those people do if we don't, wouldn't bring the jobs into those countries? They would start the long and dangerous journey to our borders, and then we would have a problem which other media would write a lot about. If, In my yeah. opinion, if we don't bring the jobs and if we don't develop uh, the poor countries of the world, and I think this is for me a prime job of us at the industry, if we don't do that, then those people will come to us. Mm-hmm. And it and we have to put, put up walls. And I say always, there is no wall big enough that a desperate person can't climb it. So you need a ceiling on top of the wall and better fences and bars in front of the windows. And that's called a prison. Only you are inside the prison and you build it yourself. And that is utterly stupid. So so try, for me, it is, it's, it's really a social responsibility we have global companies have, you know, to make prosperous countries mm. outside. And we benefit from that, by the way, too, because once a company, the country prospers and they need more trucks and we can even sell more. Mm. Yeah, so I, I see it very beneficial when I look at our, our factories in, as I said, Brazil, Turkey, mm. uh, India. And ultimately, then our German factories benefit back to it because we supply parts, we supply, supply license rights, and that gives us the money to invest more and have better products in Europe. So potentially it's really important that we as CEOs get out with that message. But you are right, we have to be aware of the side effects, you know, mm-hmm. that, and, uh, but it's, it, the message is clear. Our job is to increase the cake So everyone has more. And sometimes if the poorer countries get a bigger share of the incremental cake, that is just fair. Yeah. Yeah? So yeah. If, if we keep our lifestyle at the level we have today, uh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Uh, there are a lot of people who need an, a significant increase in their lifestyle. Yeah. But in my opinion, we should be very, very careful not then to blame globalization mm. on things which are potentially even homemade and even in a very protectionistic uh, country would occur. I mean, in my opinion, it's always easy. When I run into trouble, I create an inside and an outside. Inside, that's me and my friends. 
potentially yeah. my fellow countrymen, and we are all good, and we immediately agree on that. And outside is the strange and the bad guy, and we blame it. Mm-hmm. And I think we have seen everywhere in the history, and, and I would say in the last hundred years, when countries did it like that, it always ended very, very bad because it was wrong from the get-go. Yeah, In my opinion, we should be very, very careful not falling into that trap. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, but don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the, the pizza delivery service could be a German startup company, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be some... Some American, so, some American or, or Asian app or whatever. I mean, okay, pizza is Italian. About, so if we were yeah, to be fully yeah. German, we would have a multi-delivery yes, service. Yes, yes, multi. Yeah. Does that exist? That might be actually a business model <laughs> to to look into. Um, but I think this argument is not about inside and outside. This this is just about sort of global changes that we're seeing and it, it would be wrong to blame any country or any any you know any group on that we need to sort of have an honest discussion about the side effects of globalization if we want people to think more positively about it then we should also address their concerns and not only try to give them sort of like the the marketing message of globalization is great mm-hmm. and you should just mm-hmm. embrace it but we should also look at the side effects and take take their concerns seriously but in my opinion on parallel we should really emphasize and talk more and make it more specific what the benefits are of globalization. Uh, I realized that in our own company where we have very strong local focus. So we are, I sometimes say we are a global company, GL, global on the one side, local on the other side. And and with everything like in, in real life, there is sometimes a lot of tension between guys in Europe and guys in North America. But I would say the biggest breakthrough in that more collaborative world was when we started about 12, 15 years ago, a new generation of diesel engines where we had to invest about 2 billion euros to get really an absolutely world-class engine with tremendously less uh, fuel consumption, less CO2 emissions. So really a huge undertaking in our company. And then suddenly both the people in Europe and North America realized we couldn't pay for that alone. You know, both sides of the ocean have the same problem. Mm-hmm. Japan, by the way, had the same problem. So we included our Japanese colleagues at Fuso as well. And then we realized we can only tackle it together and we can spread the burden of the two billion of investment and uh, and share the benefits that we now have a world-class engine in all continents of the world. Mm. And that is, I think, in a lot of other areas true as well. You know, if we, in my opinion, would take out where we have today in our products, in our shelves, let's say, foreign ideas, foreign products. And this is not just I have here something and then I put the factory in a low-cost country and get the benefits back. No, there is a lot of intellectual property which was uh, which was developed outside. There is a lot of things we never could have come up by ourselves. And it starts with foods and it ends with, with software. Uh, if we would take that all out, I would say our life would be much, much poorer, better, uh, worse than today. And in my opinion, we really have to emphasize that more. And as I mean, if you look at all the stats, um, you know, be it WTO data or other data, it's it's very clear cut that free trade and globalization is actually helping growth yeah. and ultimately also helping development mm. and, um, uh, and jobs. So uh, I... Uh, we're completely on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> really nice to this point. Yeah, 
And I, and I see it clearly about the technology level of trucks we deliver in various countries around the world. As more open a country is, as more they are affordable for more environmental-friendly trucks, for trucks that have more safety equipment, and as more mm. a company is closed, as simpler the trucks get because the means, the money is not there to, to have that. And sometimes the barriers are so high that we can't bring in great technology. And then you have less safe and less environmental-friendly trucks on the road. And this is not for the disadvantage of us. It's of the disadvantage of the people in those countries. Yeah. And the disadvantage is not because of us. It's because the own governments put up those mm -hmm. walls and don't let the products yeah. in. That, that's an important point. I mean, we've been talking now as if globalization is going on at the same pace that it ha as it has been in the past, and we both know it, it isn't, right? I mean, we've, we've got a huge political backlash against globalization mm -hmm. with the US. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, what we're seeing in terms of the protectionist tendencies. So um, the big question, obviously, is will this continue? How, how will this how will, will this turn out in the end? And um, are we actually seeing a a deglobalization trend to continue. Which is, in my opinion, one of the biggest threats I see. Uh, because And it, 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 it will be have side effects on the other to tackle the big problems we have, which is poverty, which is inequality, and which is uh, global climate change, which are all global problems, only can be tackled globally. And the protectionism is, for me, a backlash to that. And if you ask me, this is my biggest concern for the future. Yes, the US. Yes, Brexit. And I would say we are not immune in Germany as well. I would say TTIP wouldn't get a majority if we if we have to vote for that, yeah, because the angst would be bigger uh, than the than the seeing the benefits of a free trade agreement. Mm. So the transatlantic trade agreement with yeah. the US, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. The transatlantic trade and investment partnership is a proposed trade agreement between the European Union and the United States. In the past years. TTIP drew a lot of criticism, especially from unions, charities, NGOs, and environmentalists in the EU. In April 2019, the negotiations between the U.S. and the EU were halted. I find it very hard to predict how this is all playing out. I mean, we don't, we all don't have a crystal ball, and mm. you know whether this is going to continue. But at the moment, it very much if you, if. You, if you look at the daily news, which obviously I'm doing is my day-to-day -day job, yeah. then uh, it very much looks like the pendulum is swinging back in terms of the globalization. And we're, we're seeing a lot more protectionism and we don't really see anything that's sort of uh, pulling the pendulum back in the other direction again at the moment. I don't know if you if you agree or if you are more optimistic than, than I am on this. If you are a manager in a global company, you have to be yeah. optimistic. Yeah? Because <laughs> if I would be pessimistic, who else would be optimistic? No, no, I, I still believe ultimately, you know, in the power of really the benefits. Uh, I still believe in the, that ultimately brain will, will win over populistic arguments. I might be a lone optimist on them, on those uh, items, but I still be here optimistic because it's just too powerful. And what I really like is because when people get exposed to other cultures, to other people, they realize, you know, that people are just people mm. and completely independent from passport, race, beliefs or whatever. Yeah. 
the there are great people and there are not so great people in the world, but it's not the passport that defines mm. that division. Mm. It's potentially knowledge and openness and friendliness and empathy. And that's for me knows no borders. Yeah, that's that's something very nice to say. Uh, I think journalists are always a bit more skeptical. Okay. Right? That, that's our job, I guess. And and what, what I would say is that it's very one of the problems is is one of the things I said earlier is that people take things for, for granted. granted, and it's always easier to be motivated to rally against something. Yep. Than to be, you know, to, to be really defending something and to be to be Extremely in sort of in yeah, favor right. of something. So it's it's like you know, it's like the, the majority of people in the European Union are very much in favor of Europe. Yeah, they, you know, they're they're critical about what Brussels is doing. Yeah. And, you know, some specific policy areas, but generally speaking, the majority is very much in favor of the European Union project. But then that's a good example where people just take things for granted. They don't really fight for it. Okay, and so globalization is a bit like that as well. So, okay, then we go home, both with homework. Yeah. You, from time to time, <laughs> have to write a positive article about the benefits of globalization and that we shouldn't take the benefits for granted. <laughs> and I should take a more public stance, you know, and be cognizant of the problems, but on the other side, spread the optimism and, and really the good work Uh, companies like us do all over the globe, you know, and with the benefits back in the home country where we start off. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And I guess, as you said, this podcast is a very good start okay. for that. So <laughs> thanks for, for sharing your time with us. And thanks for being here with us here in the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mr. Daum. Thank you very much. Here are the takeaways from this episode. First, all available data shows that free trade and globalization is fostering growth and ultimately supporting general development. But the benefits of globalization cannot be taken for granted. Second, the big challenges of our time, like climate change, cannot be tackled without global collaboration. Third, however, concerns on the negative side effects of globalization from people who feel left behind have to be taken seriously. This was the last episode of the first series of Transportation Matters. We'll be back with the second series soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you've heard, hit like and subscribe to Transportation Matters on your preferred podcast platform. Meanwhile, you can check out another Daimler podcast, Headlights. It provides insights and unique stories from Daimler employees. Yeah.